You know, Fred Propal is uh, is a great treasure. He's a corporate leader. You know him as the CEO of the Beck Group, the people that build healthcare facilities and colleges and universities and old Parkland and all kinds of stuff. The last time he was with us as a civic leader, uh, as uh, the chairman of the Dallas Citizens Council, and now he joins us as the latest inductee, the laureate, into the Junior Achievement Dallas Business Hall of Fame. It's good to have you with us. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's quite an honor. And, uh, you know, you don't think these things will be happening at this stage of your life. It's fairly early for me, but uh, it's an uh, honor nonetheless, and I feel deeply appreciative to the you, folks at Junior Achievement. You know, it is early. I, I mean, 25 <laughs> years ago, you were playing basketball in the Bahamas, and now you're heading up you know, one of the largest engineering con- construction firms in the United States of America. How do you make that transition? Well, you know, it's it's uh, interesting that you ask, uh, David. I, I firmly believe that, you know, sort of who you are is is almost more important than what you do. In other words, who you are, you know, how you were raised, the things you learned from your mother and your father, the things you learned in your youth from sports, from Boy Scouts, uh, from any, you know, sort of uh, extracurricular activity, that those things actually are meaningful in terms of shaping your, your, your life, uh, your values, and certainly your style. And, and basketball was, for me, a very uh, formative, you know, part of my life because I learned to play well with others. I learned to compete the right way and I learned to work hard. Uh, I also learned to take uh, a lot of good coaching along the way. And I think those things are you know, some of the things that I would point to if I if I think about, you know, accomplishing anything meaningful in your life. You know, it's interesting you say that. And it's interesting the sport that you chose because that's a team sport as opposed to an individual sport. So yep. I could see how that would that would prepare you. But uh, I mean, now you're a golfer. In fact, aren't you on the the U.S. Golf Association Executive Committee? That's an individual sport. I am. I am. You know, golf is uh, an individual sport in the sense that you are playing the course. And in many ways, you're not even playing your competitors. But if you think about it, it's an individual sport relative to your own pursuits. But it's very much a team sport relative to the people you play with. And I think golf allows, you know, a certain platform uh, that creates intimacy, that creates connection. And one of the reasons I love golf is it just truly gives me time to spend time with folks in a deeper and more meaningful way. So golf has been wonderful for me. It's an honor and a privilege to serve on the uh, executive committee and to be the uh, president-elect is just an even greater honor. And, uh, you know, I hope, uh, you know, I hope in some way I can make a contribution to this game, particularly for those who traditionally have not been included in the game. Yeah, I'm sure you can. But I just I have no idea how you make time for all the stuff that you do. (laughs) Let, Let me let me go back to where I started. How do you how do you get from the Bahamas to, I guess, Arlington, Texas? Is that where you were? Yes. You were UTA. Yeah. So. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, it's very simple. You know, um, I grew up playing basketball and also uh, running track. And I wanted to be an architect from the age of 12. You know, I worked on a construction job site and uh, my uncle was a mason. And from that day, uh, the first day, I knew I wanted to build buildings for my life, but I also wanted to play sports. And so um, I had an opportunity to walk on at University of Texas at Arlington, uh, which had a division one basketball program and a very good architecture program. And so for me, it was very simple go to uh, a, a fairly warm weather state and go to a school where I could play basketball and uh, also uh, study architecture. Now, it turns out I didn't really end up playing basketball very long because it's hard to major in architecture 
and play Division One basketball. And so I think, uh, anyway, 25 years later, I think I made the right choice. No, I think you made the right <laughs> choice, and, I, and I'm glad you made it, you know, here where you did in the community because you certainly made made a big difference. I and, and watching this community over the last, I guess you've been here 25 years or so, what a what an evolution. And, and to be able to watch it from your side, the construction side, but also from something like the Citizens Council, um, really really shows the, the development of a community. Yeah, yeah. I remember in college when we would drive from Arlington to go visit our friends at SMU and you know, it was, uh, it felt, it felt like a very long drive today. It doesn't feel like a long drive because there, there are things all along the way we've modernized 75 of the citizens council. We, you know, we have been pushing for pro growth strategies, things that cause our community to grow and to provide opportunities for everyone in our community. I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is as we continue to grow, we in the business uh, community continue to lean into that connection in many ways we still have a lot of work to do to connect South Dallas and North Dallas to make sure that the opportunities that are so evident in North Dallas spreads to South Dallas. And so so it's been wonderful to watch the growth. And now we just need to make sure that that growth spreads. And so for me, it's been it's it's been very interesting to watch it all uh, come up. And and frankly, David, I feel like I hope I have a good 20, 30 years uh, of contribution in me left. And it's very exciting. I, I say to young people. Uh, there's no more exciting place to be in this country than North Texas because of the opportunities um, and really because of the optimism. And, you know, this is a community that really leans into each other. And uh, and, and so anyway, it's a, a lot of fun watching it, uh, you know, continue to transform. By the way, Fred, let me speak on behalf of the community and say that we hope you've got 25 or 30 years left. Too, <laughs> we, we could use it. So tell me about business right now, because you're operating all over the, you know, all over North Texas, but all over the United States, even internationally. I know you're working on a project in the, you know, in, in your old native country right now in, in the Bahamas. Where are we right now? I mean, it, it seems like the states are in a tremendous growth phase, but have, have geopolitics played any sort of a role recently? Because that's that's front and center right now. Anybody putting off projects? Well, you know, we haven't seen projects uh, being paused. In fact, we've seen the opposite now. You know, the recent developments in Russia, you know, we'll see what the impact of those are. But what I could say is the demand for commercial construction uh, has never been higher in my career. And we see a lot of incoming calls. Um, I think part of that is this great migration to the South. And we just happen to be very focused in the South, not only in Texas, but in uh, Georgia and Florida and, uh, you know, sort of Colorado and uh, even our work in Mexico. So we see a lot of uh, demand for our services and uh, increasing uh new starts in terms of construction. But David, you know, we, we're facing a real challenge relative to talent. Um, you know, I think COVID has disrupted, uh, you know, a lot of our work uh, in terms of the workers. And there are many people who have left the workforce and we are struggling to backfill those positions. And so I think like many companies, we, we continue to struggle in terms of finding the right amount of talent, particularly in our trades and down at the subcontractor level, while we see this explosion in the demand for what we do. So um, I always joke in construction and architecture, it's either you're looking for work or you're looking for people. We we happen to be in the looking for people phase uh, so that we can, you know, make sure that we have the right amount of talent to meet all of the uh, the, the incoming demand. And so it's an interesting time. I, I, I think the South, uh, you know, is proving uh, when you think about our work in Florida, our work in Texas, those are probably the two most vital states. Uh, people are moving to environments where the business climate is less onerous. 
where the opportunity is great. And I think people are also thinking about the quality of their life, not just the quality of their work. And in all of those cases, we see um, the markets that we're heavily focused in, you know, continue to expand. You know, when we focus on on the supply chain and the disruptions of the supply chain, I know it impacts your business. But that is, I mean, relative to what you're talking about, that's a that ought to be a relatively short term problem problem. Whereas as people, you know, the people that that drive your business, that's a long term dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, you know, businesses have to really think, um, you know, very specifically and very, you know, um, 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 passionately about what is the quality of the work for the worker. And, you know, we like to think about back uh, about our colleagues and our teammates. But in many ways, you know, COVID has disrupted that flow. Folks have uh, been, you know, forced to step back and take an overall look at their life and reevaluate what role does work really play in my life. In many ways, COVID was the worst of times for many of our workers, but it also was the best of times in that it slowed us down and it gave us the opportunity to spend more time with the people we love most. And coming out of COVID, I think uh, businesses have to take a stronger look about what is the fair deal for the worker. And, you know, to attract people back, we've got to no question be more flexible in terms of how we allow people to work and where they work from. We've got to be more specific to make sure that the work that you do is leading towards the life that you want. And then we've got to make sure that the the, the main stakeholders in our business, which are our employee, employees, are getting their fair share of the value that's being created. Yeah. And these are things that we've always thought about, but I think today businesses need to think more specifically. And then I would say, finally, we've got to do a better job of attracting those who have been excluded from our economy back into our economy. And that's those kids down in South Dallas who oftentimes are not prepared properly uh, you know, in terms of workplace readiness, we've got to go help bridge that gap to bring them into our work workforce. And then no question, we've got to give people who have been marginally, um, you know, sort of victims of our criminal justice system, we've got to give them a second chance so that they continue to participate. And I think if we do all these things, we'll find that not only our companies get better, but our community and our city is going to get better as well. Yeah, it's really the common good. I mean, good for them. Good for you. You've got uh, you've got business right now where where the employees are, are bargaining from strength instead of weakness. So it's, <laughs> yes, it's, they are. It's a good time to see some change. And uh, and Fred Propal's uh, always always a great guest. We always wish we had more time. CEO of the Beck Group, corporate leader, civic leader, and uh, new laureate in the Junior Achievement Dallas Business Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Thanks for the time. Thank you, David. Thanks a lot. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.